there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every single week and discuss the important things in life, like how you'll never know what you look like as a vampire, unless you're an identical twin, in which case you're just fucking, you're fine, you're sorted, it's like you never even died in the first place. Uh, this week we have with us Alfred Clark, also known as Penny Blue. Hey. We also have Caillou, down on all of his social medias as Caillou. Surely if I was a vampire, I'd just look paler. <laughs> I mean, you don't know, like, you probably have bad hair days as a vampire, huh? <laughs> um, uh, we also now have a new addition, as well as a good friend of mine, Stephen Pettivell, also on Twitter as Jayhawk Film. Woo! Hi, guys. Hey, it's, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. This is cool. Yeah. Uh, we also have me as your host, Ismay Hutton, also known as a Teacup Gamer. Um, so, guys, this week we're talking about boss battles. The favorite thing about boss battles is it's essentially a way to tell your players that they fucked up and you intended on murdering them for it with a big, scary, cool monster. Uh, I like that. That's what I use boss battles for, but I assume that's <laughs> not what everyone else does. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about all kinds of boss battles. Uh, I think, first off, We'll go, we'll go kind of nice with it. Uh, we're going to hand out, you know, those little, um, like coffee mugs that have, uh, like world's number one boss on it, uh, that like suck ups <laughs> oh. give to their bosses. We're going to do, we're going to hand out those first. Uh, so everyone's going to give their, their little cheesy mug to their best boss that they created or that they've been in a game with. I don't really care. This is. I I stopped pretending that I like had a format for this podcast a while ago. But yeah, uh, Stephen, you are new, so we throw you the new people to the sharks first. What is your <laughs> What is your best um, boss? Who gets your shitty cheesy mug? Yeah, that's I have like two really good examples, and I'm not sure. Maybe maybe there's room for both eventually. I don't know. So the uh, the first one would be like my favorite my favorite ever for me would be one that i dm'd um mm -hmm. i was dming an evil campaign uh it was two players nice. um one who was a dragonborn blackguard and the other was a vampire and uh i had set up this sort of mysterious sort of sultan for a very very long time he was never never seen by anybody and then by the sort of end of the story arc for the game um the characters went to his palace and got to meet him and they discovered that the reason why they had never seen him before was because he was a vampire lord and um vampire lords don't do very well in the desert which is where they were <laughs> based and so he stays inside a lot um but the 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 fact that the that this villain was a vampire lord i really liked because one of my favorite things about boss fights is to have the boss essentially be a leveled up version of one of your sort of main players. I really like the Ooh. idea of like, say you have a wizard in the party, then a mm -hmm. boss can be a wizard that can do all the same things that your player can do, but at a higher level. <laughs> so it's it's like a preview of what's to come for that character if they keep going down that path. Um, but at the same time, you know, to, you have to make them make them dastardly and 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 as as you know as hateable as possible um which i accomplished through um in terms of the actual battle itself uh i had a sort of hostage situation unfolding so there were very convenient times for the boss to sort of uh, monologue with his dagger up to the throat of the dearly beloved mm -hmm. and um it, it it allowed for natural breaks in the combat. Like one, it this was back in fourth edition, and I don't know if you guys have any experience with D and D fourth, but fourth edition the combat would just drag and drag and drag, 
And this really that, helped yeah. to break up the combat flow because it was like we'd have five rounds of combat and then there'd be dialogue, exposition, and skill checks between the characters and the boss. And then it would go to more combat and then more dialogue and exposition. I think the thing that made it so good was simply breaking up the combat with uh, story-relevant dialogue. Um, that was that was something I was very proud of. That's awesome. Mm. So get your your cool shitty cheesy mug. <laughs> Who's a, oh, I thought I had I had a good like culturally relevant pull for good bosses, but I I lost it, and now people are gonna know that I have no cultural relevance in this world. Oh well. Um, <laughs> next up, we will have someone that gets to be chosen by the hand of fate because I don't know we're not we're not newbies who have to be thrown to the sharks first. <laughs> Go D four. Oh, for the love of bitch, that's me. Okay, well, see, mine is mine is wholly unexciting, uh, just because uh, I've talked about it a bit before on the podcast. Um, when we were doing our episode on uh, creating our own kind of monsters, um, which was my favorite one that I did, which uh, was the uh, essentially the Earth coming to life and being the boss monster. Um, though technically the the kind the real boss was um, a satyr on his back, and I realize now my mistake in coming into this is mentioning the satyr, but mm. <laughs> there was a um, yeah it was kind of a very very classic like oh this person's gonna die you have to save them take get them out of a contract and to do that you're probably gonna have to kill this dude, um, and essentially the the little tiny like can't do like has it's still got powers but not a lot satyr um that was essentially hiding in and behind um a giant shambling mound of earth uh which was all very fun to play um though uh it's something that uh we are going to talk about a little bit later in terms of like uh we had we had some people uh some people being alfred bringing up um like having like weak points on bosses which I thought I did pretty cool because I was like, oh, well, the, the satyr on this is going to be the the creature's weak point because if the satyr dies, then the creature's going to die. Um, but none of my players inherently got that. So they were just trying to attack the earth a lot and I had to kind of nudge them along. <laughs> you strike the <laughs> earth and do zero damage. <laughs> I was like, it is like, I gave it some stats, but they were like a heinous amount of stats. And I was like, okay, well, you do hit the earth. The literal earth, the gr- the ground itself, you do you do hit that. Is there anything else that could be done here? They weren't getting it so super hard. Were they ignoring the like giant red thing on its back? Right, yeah, like they were ignoring the part that after like you know when it gets exhausted it like leans down and you can see a little weak spot on its head. It was like there's like a bullseye yeah. on its forehead. <laughs> they were like, "Well, that's lovely Rachel. ornamentation." And fucked off. I'm like Okay, well, it was fun to make, fun to play. Um, it would have been better if, I don't know, maybe I should have made it more obvious, but I don't know if I could have. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like, that's like the DM's problem, though. I mean, like, <laughs> I feel like the DM is always like, this This is so obvious. There's no way my players are going to miss this. Right. Never, like, it was either never overestimate your players in general or never underestimate their ability to just yeah, you miss can... the point completely. It comes to point yeah. where it's not oh. your fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is my favorite part of the show where it just turns into, uh, like, DM therapy or group therapy. 
where DMs just shitting on their players. <laughs> just like pat each other back. It's like, it's not your fault. It's okay. We'll be together still. It's fine. <laughs> um, next up to hand out their shitty mug. Uh, that's gonna be Kai. Alright, so, um, I was thinking about my favourite boss fight, and it's probably the giant pyramid I mentioned in another episode. But I've already oh, talked about it. I wasn't here for it, so I'm excited. Oh, damn it. Well, <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to talk about my say? second favourite boss fight instead, actually. Um, <laughs> okay, world's second best boss mug. Yes, same campaign. Uh, so, uh, 11 players. Um, it was a lot. Oh, my. Still yeah. so much. Uh, so I just, I started, um... Just to straight out of the gates, we'd have a, like a big fight to get things started, sort of um, set in motion the fact that this is uh, going to be a game which is going to be difficult to, to win. So I decided that um, they're in this town full of lizard folk, and there was going to be there was this big big rain festival that was happening. They were waiting for the, the, the monsoon season to start. And so uh, they all gather outside, and there's all these storm clouds uh, stretching all the way off to the horizon. A lightning strikes several times, and in the sky the lightning uh, flashes and illuminates a figure of a of a large winged beast, and down swoops an ancient blue dragon. I like and it. Straight away, just the first first uh, fight of the game is just ancient blue dragon. Do of that, uh, <laughs> and it was, I, I loved it so much just because um, nobody saw something like that coming. Normally, the first fight's just like, oh, I'll go kill some kobolds or something. And, uh, yeah, no, they, they everyone was a bit shocked and. <laughs> I uh, didn't really know how yeah, to react. No shit. Uh, these people were only level 10. Okay. Yeah, there were 11 of them, though. But so I was like, there the were 13 of them. Or 11, 11. of them, you said. Yeah. Uh, they um, they actually defeated it, though. Uh, the cleric and the party. Um, I say defeated. Uh, cleric and the party uh-huh. cast a spell on it. I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it was command and just told it to go home. <laughs> and I'm just left there looking at the book thinking, you absolutely can do that. Um, <laughs> All right, I guess the dragon turn around and go goes home. So. Yeah, <laughs> really underwhelming ending, but it's still great. <laughs> that's it. Like that's it because it gives it an opportunity to come back at some point. That's fun, but like that that's one thing that we probably should talk about at some point here. Just like how sometimes boss battles turn into nothing when put with <laughs> players being like, "Hey, can I just like." I don't know, trap it in the abyss forever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Can I just use banish on this devil that you planned out really carefully? <laughs> yeah. And just just send him back to hell. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> one round. Yeah. I I keep trying to uh, screw up my game um, where I'm playing as a character uh, with... Because um, the character I play has rope trick, which you can like cast Ooh. a rope in the air, climb up, and hide in a hole for up to an hour. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> if we do that, like behind a building, boss doesn't see that we like make things. Maybe we ran away and just because it follows us. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> like, me sitting in an other dimension, just chilling while there's a boss battle outside, is infinitely great to me as a concept. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> right? Like, it's only cool if I bring my friends with me. Otherwise, it's the <laughs> dickest move. Just sitting by yourself while they kill a boss. Right. Uh, Alfred, you are up last. What is your shitty mug going to? <laughs> um. So I'm going to give it to my... It's not It's not a boss battle that I've run. Okay. Um, but it was. it's like part of a dungeon that we were going through and then I didn't get to the end of it. <laughs> uh... Um but yeah, so essentially it's kind of like a like a legion-esque um like undead behemoth where there's like a lot of souls in one body kind of thing. 
Ooh, um, creepy. But the, so it was like like a really big a, a big thing which would like uh, telegraph its attacks, uh, which I guess I'll talk about more later. But like yeah. he has these um, little he I mean it it has these little um, totems like all across its uh, body um, mm-hmm. that would like act as like kind of summoning rods. Uh, so basically this this is a mechanic I had through the dungeon um like where there's the players would see like a little weird totem uh, like skull totem and then a, a skeleton would like be summoned by the totem and then if they killed the skeleton then the totem would just replace it basically. So they okay. always had to go for the totems rather than ah. and then they're just like holding off like trash minions until they can do that. <laughs> um trash minions. <laughs> Uh, and the plan, the, and the plan is that um, that would be it, it. It helps with the um, uh, what you said earlier about the players not noticing the gigantic glowing orange weak point, <laughs> yeah. um, and instead punching the dirt. Uh, yeah, because they they see it a lot of times, and they've already had like much easier combats where the solution was like punch that skull on a stick, and <laughs> so now they see like loads of them across the the back of the boss or whatever. Then they you know they have an idea what they're doing. They're going for yeah um but yeah so basically it was that and it was kind of fun having it, it, it sh- I, I say it was it should be kind of fun having uh, <laughs> uh like lots of little skeleton yeah <laughs> lots of little undead minions uh to throw and that will just keep coming back unless you deal with the stuff um and also i was like yeah he can throw the little things as they're coming up he just like chucks them at players sometimes if he has a needs a missile attack <laughs> and also um uh with telegraphing attacks i like to basically say like oh he's swinging down with his fist and this is the location where he's swinging and then okay. but the the players don't have like a full turn to react to that it's like one or two players get a chance to act before it hits interesting um and that kind of so it it, it creates a kind of um opportunities for players to make decisions like oh maybe i'll spend my turn pushing my friend out of the way of this attack uh, yeah. because they're not going to have a turn before it hits and oh, also, uh, you can get more use out of uh, like uh, 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 spells and abilities that push enemies around. So you can like push them into the big swing, and then he'll like crunch a bunch of little skeletons. Crunch <laughs> <laughs> skellies. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, but before we get into, because yeah, I'd love to talk more about like yeah, the whole like weak points and telegraphing thing. Um, though I feel like I have to ask. Uh, like although i'm a bit scared of the answer how how did they get around not going to the boss battle alfred <laughs> oh uh they they didn't re- i mean we we basically we we, we went we didn't play long enough <laughs> oh right okay they did not that's fair yeah oh well there was no good uh, there should have been a good story but yeah yeah i thought it was gonna be another like command tell him to go home kind of <laughs> bullshit because players <laughs> There's like you, yeah. If if command, if I think if command was used on that guy, there would be like a single skeleton that would like turn around or go home, and the rest of them would ah, still they... be there. Yeah, that's good. I like, yeah, I like that. Get get around the the ship. <laughs> 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 like your your dumb game breaking mechanic doesn't work. But yeah, so yeah, uh, Alfred, you 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 were saying uh, we've already talked a little bit about it, but like yeah, talk about like having enemies with like weak points and like telegraphing their moves because you don't really super get that in D D. like the creatures as well maybe there's some exceptions that i can't think of offhand but normally it's just like oh try and hit the thing you hit the thing and its points go down instead of like the kind of yeah 
they've got actual points where it would be more beneficial to hit them. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think it works well to just uh, like uh, I mean, I don't think anyone really likes um, a, a damage sponge, which is kind of what you tend to get. Um, I think I haven't studied uh, the like like the stat blocks in the monster manual enough, but I mm-hmm. think they tend to be pretty spongy. Uh, but yeah, having weak points, I, I would say like damage damage in like all the rest of their body is like at 50 percent damage and then if you hit the weak point then it's like 150 percent damage or something or um or yeah well i think it's 200 percent for damage vulnerability isn't it but yeah Yeah. just use the built-in damage vulnerability thing i think yeah dnd does kind of try and do that with like damage vulnerabilities which is cool but like i I don't know i really like the idea of giving it weak points a la video games um Mm -hmm. Because I love I love me my video game like I love D and D in a different way but I don't know maybe I can get a little bit more video games in there I'm cool with that um, yeah but yeah Kai or Steven, have you have either of you ever used this kind of system for like weak points or like having your bosses telegraph their moves to the players Yeah I mean one hundred percent like uh, one thing that I love doing with bosses is giving them. I mean, much like, you know, with like a Zelda fight, like you give them like stages. So like the first stage, they'll have like 15 AC and they'll do 100% damage. And then like the second stage, when you remove 25% of their hit points, suddenly they have 17 AC and they do 125% of their damage or 150% of their damage. You know, you make them a little tougher and you beef them up a little bit each time. And uh, you can get some really juicy results out of that. I like that a lot. Like it, it's not been something that I've I've employed yet, because um, like it, the only time that I started thinking about this was after starting the podcast, and a weirdly short amount of time into starting the podcast, did I stop DMing for a little while? Because I'm on hiatus. <laughs> I've been on hiatus for most of the time we've been doing this podcast, so Aww. I've just been like filing all these very good ideas away. So <laughs> soon, I'm gonna do an amazing campaign. Uh, but until then, I'm just sitting on all these cool ideas and doing nothing new. Uh, DMing vicariously through us. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been exactly the same, though. I haven't been DMing. I, I, there was a few weeks, there's been a good few weeks where I wasn't doing anything, and I've just started a new game, which is very exciting. But yeah. Ah, it's awesome. I don't know what I'm doing, because uh, as people might know, I'm going to be going to, I'm, I'm moving house real soon. <laughs> And so it's like, oh, I should probably like, you know, get a job and like get my life together. I'm moving in and I have to do all that shit. But really, I'm just planning for the D&D campaigns I'm going to do when I'm there with my like my Glasgow (laughs) friends. So eh, whatever. I've got a lot of my priorities in order. That sounds like you've got the right things on on your mind, you know, I mean. Like, um, guys, I'm not losing any money from this podcast anymore. So essentially... I am making money from like doing a D&D podcast. So, I'm a professional now. <laughs> You're welcome. What is this? uh Steven, you were um yeah. wanting to talk a little bit about um making combat a bit more interesting, I guess is a good way to put it, like putting story into the fights and like having kind of non-traditional yeah. boss fights. Um yeah, so like um one thing that I uh really really like to do with my boss fights is to try to turn them into set pieces. Like not try to go over the top like Michael Bay, you know, insane explosions or whatever, but uh I guess this example is actually pretty over the top. Um <laughs> like I had this boss that I was very very proud of that I'd been sort of building up for a very long time because it was the same campaign that I talked about before one of my players was a vampire. And there was this like 
super gnarly, gnarly, like 400 year old dwarven vampire hunter that had been stalking him for like months, like following him, waiting for the opportune time to strike. Mm -hmm. And uh, the players had just like essentially received this major blow from the like overall game's major villain. Basically, they um, the villain came to their establishment and murdered all of their patrons and killed a bunch of their like employees and so they're like oh fuck this guy and then right after that happens this vampire hunter shows up and uh the 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 players were in this um they were in this like it's kind of hard to set all the scene but they were in this sort of mysterious magical tower um that was like uh many 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 miles above the city that i was setting my game in Mm -hmm. and um i mentioned that there was this like uh this, this window at the back of this sort of office that they were standing in. And uh, the um, the vampire hunter grabbed a piece of, uh, like a quest item. I don't even remember what it was that the players needed to get. And he jumped out the window and just straight up, like, was in free fall. And so my vampire decided to go after him out the window, like, free falling down, my like, like dozens of miles to the city. And uh, we had this insane boss battle in midair because we had a vampire hunter <laughs> with a wingsuit fuck? and a vampire that could turn into a bat form whenever Shit he wanted to. Me. So we had this like aerial spellcasting duel in this like insane set piece. And you know, that's not, you know, everybody's cup of tea, but at the time, especially cause I was like 19, it was very, very cool. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd have as many like falling out of the sky, vampire <laughs> hunter duels now, but like, I'm still, I'm still pretty proud that I like, and it was a, this was a time where I was 100% improvising everything in my game, which was really like that was. I'm glad that I did that, but I'd never want to do it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, I, I, I guess I was just like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just have a duel in the, in the sky. Why not? <laughs> and uh, that, that was how I created one of my favorite boss battles. It was, uh, I mean, it was you know pretty straightforward, but like, just throwing in a set piece that's like a really crazy way to have the battle go down. I think is a really cool way for your players to remember your big boss fights. Like, that's the most rad shit I've ever heard. Like, that's <laughs> some movie shit. I, I was, I was, I remember trying to figure out like how do crossbow bolts fly in midair? Like when if they're if you're if you're falling and like yeah. is there like wind resistance? And I'm like, no, fuck it, rule of cool. Like the the bolts are fine. They're rule just they're just cool. it's just it's a normal fight, but they're falling. That's what. Yeah, it is. I mean they still have inertia, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think that's how it works. I mean yeah. not perfectly, but good enough. I... Yeah. Okay. All right. I Sound. think that the the phrase rule of cool is going to just be everything in my games from now on. Mm. Like that is a hundred percent the energy that I'm here for. Oh yeah. I mean, like I, I, I hate telling my players no. So rule of cool right. for me is like you, you want to do something cool, I'll be like, fuck yeah, do that cool thing. Oh, that's the most excellent shit. I, I like I like rule of cool more than yeah, the whole cause I, I get the I don't like saying no to my player. I do sometimes though. Especially when they're like, oh, can I go in and buy a sword that will kill everyone instantly? It's like, I 100% want to say no to this. But if they, I don't know, want to chuck their sword into the eye of something as a finishing move, I'm like, fuck it, I don't give a shit. Sounds awesome. Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) You're not good at ranged weapons? I don't give a shit. Throw your cool sword into its eye. Throw my great sword. (laughs) Yeah, fuck it. As long as you got the finishing move, I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> make it look awesome oh that's dope as hell uh guy you were uh talking about uh doing a lot of like thing you, you use some like fancy fucking words in the thing which is always impresses me 
I think that this is probably because you do, like, crazy things, like, I don't know, like, actually read the Dungeon Master's Guide. <laughs> like, it seems none of the rest of us do. So you refer to the action economy? Yeah, that thing that you said with your cool That one, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually quite simple. It's, um... Well, okay, I say it's simple, it's sort of not. D&D in a nutshell, thank you. Uh, So the action economy, basically, every character and NPC in Dungeons & Dragons has a number of actions they can take on a turn. And that's how much potential damage they can deal generally. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. the fact that you have to roll to hit is often more important than the actual damage you can potentially deal because um, you just may not hit at all. So the more yeah. attacks you have, generally, and I say generally, the more damage yeah. uh, a side of combat will do. So if, if there's five adventurers and they each get one attack, uh, they, so they have mm-hmm. five, five main attacks. So for them to be fighting a relatively equal force, the opposing side, the monsters, need to have uh, approximately five attacks as well. It's... This oh. is a gross oversimplification. Encounter-building doesn't need to beat that specific anyway, so don't worry about it too much. But the, 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 the crux of what I'm getting to here is um, a good boss should have about as many attacks as the, uh, the adventurers do, which is unfortunate because most of them don't. Uh, I think the most attacks any creature in the book gets is about five or so, but some uh, have what's known as legendary actions which are actions that high-level creatures can take uh, uh, on other people's turns. So uh, usually they can take up to three legendary actions on other people's turns, and they'll be listed in their stat block, and you can just read them and, and know what to do. And that, that's a way of um, making it so that they can uh, deal more damage uh, sort of over time too. So it's more dynamic. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sounding really confusing, aren't I? <laughs> no, I'm getting... Well, I'm getting it a little bit. No, well, no, I'm getting it, which is probably, like, a good sign because I'm a fucking idiot. So, like, if I'm on the level, then pretty much everyone else in the world will be too. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Like... Yeah, so it's, 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 it's more dynamic. So it's sort of, um, uh, you know how sometimes it feels stale in combat when, like, one side hits with their attack and then the other side try to hit with their attack? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Having uh, a legendary action, like, uh, the, the dragon can, like, use that legendary action to make a tail attack. Uh, when that might come directly after the fighter runs up to them and tries to tries to stab him, and then uh, as a as a reaction, the the, the dragon whips its tail around and uh, whacks the fighter, and then that's not happening on the dragon's turn. When the dragon's turn does come around, they unleash a, a flurry of claw and bite attacks, and so yeah, it just means that um, it's sort of spread out over time, and it doesn't. It's not all not all of the dragon's attacks are concentrated on the the one turn. Okay, the other way um, you can introduce more attacks on uh, monster side uh, is just add more monsters. Uh, lots of bosses. Yeah. All good bosses should have minions. <laughs> you know, like yeah. yeah. Uh, even if you aren't too worried about the action economy, a good boss should have minions. Uh, just yeah. because there are certain spells and abilities which can lock down monsters by. Uh, hitting them with conditions like being stunned or incapacitated. And if if your big boss gets stunned, everybody just jumps on him and cuts him to pieces and that can kill a boss in the first round of combat, potentially. Monks are infamous for doing that. And so if you have minions, yeah. um, while they still might stun the boss, the minions are still doing stuff and attacking and making the fight generally messy. Yeah, I, I, I've been... Uh... 
this this feels like a diversion but it's this podcast i don't give a shit Uh, i've been playing a lot of horizon (laughs) zero dawn uh and it uses um like the kind of like earliest enemy that you encounter called like a watcher it uses those as minions um and i got to bore my girlfriend to death by talking about that being like i see this is a classic thing in D D. you have like your main boss but to make like it a little bit more challenging. It doesn't matter if you make your main boss like really beefed up because, you know, the amount of attacks that you do that are always the same. You have to have the minions to give a little bit of drama, a little bit of like extra who knows what's going to go on. And she didn't care, um, but she's still with me. So like, here's, <laughs> this is just inspiration for everyone now, I guess. But yeah, I really, uh, yeah, it's the same thing that you get in uh, like MMOs like World of Warcraft in big boss battles and there mm-hmm. you get, uh, it, they're referred to as ads rather than minions, but like. Gotta sheep them ads. I know. Oh no. <laughs> but the language the, I don't know. <laughs> but ads are really, like, there are so many interesting boss battles in, well, I mean, I say so many, but you know, they have, <laughs> World of Warcraft does a really good job of having their like core formula where the like the boss deals loads of damage so you have to have an amazing tank being healed and then the dps people have to kill the boss before the before it like reaches a certain point and goes crazy or something um Mm. but the they do a really good job of having that core dynamic and then uh there's like different mechanics for each boss fight like there's an ad but well firstly like it's like oh there's just ads and you have to kill the minions uh because they hurt you and then there's somewhere it's like uh, don't kill the ads because if you kill the ad, then the boss gets angry. And some are like, you know, like, there's so many different variations. And um, oh, I think there's, yeah, there's like, so the, yeah, there's a lot you can do with minions that yeah. beyond just having extra enemies. Oh, that's really cool. I've never thought about like having, yeah, minions be used as anything, but making the combat a little bit, well, fairer on the side of the, of the enemy, I guess. That's, that's, yeah. Having them have different actions is pretty cool. I'm into that. I think so. One one of the things that I used, uh, it was in the same fight as like the big, uh, like the land, the monster that was the land. That at one point I just introduced a bunch of oh, are they fairies or pixies? I can't remember for the life of me. It's whichever one has like essentially same shit. Yeah, it's the same shit. They're flying. They're normally sexy little women. Whatever. Like, <laughs> I don't think there are fairies in D and D. Are there not? And then maybe it's probably pixies so. then, huh? I think it's just. I think it's just pixies. Oh, well, narrow that down real good, huh? I could yeah, be wrong, but I don't think so. I might be thinking of the wrong shit. Anyway, but it was, yeah, just, like, little little things that you, that, like, you can, they basically get one spell, essentially, and that's it. Like, they can do, like, tiny little bite damage, but who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> and so I just released a bunch of those at some point that mm. were to, like, fly over to the players and, like, make things a little bit more difficult to them, like, making some be able to fly, and some of them floating off into space you know shit like that <laughs> D D crap D D shit D- classic D D fantasy bullshit pretty much um i think that like that that idea of like making sure that you have minions touches on something especially in fifth edition that's very important which mm-hmm. is like um and i think kai was touching on this a little bit but the like the the numbers of combat are like very very important in fifth edition because mm-hmm. like if you have um say you have a party of four and you've got four bad guys, like that will be a relatively even match because of the way that um, the accuracy math in D&D 5e works. Like in fifth edition, you are more likely than not, I think it's like across the board, 
for all of the monsters and all of the players, like you have like a roughly 65% chance of hitting, um, 65 or 70% chance of hitting. That's good. And so if you just sort of count on being hit most turns, it makes it very, very difficult if your players are against a force that's significantly or even just a little bit larger than them. You know, even like, um, you know, level 10 or level 12 players can go down to a force of kobolds if the kobolds have a significantly higher number of kobolds than there are players. Because when it's the turn for the kobolds, you know, if 15 of them fire their arrows at five players, those five players are going to get killed pretty fast. Mm. Um, mm. But, like, it, you know, it's it can be really important to have that sort of feeling of asymmetrical, like, you know, um, fighting against odds that are insanely, you know, challenging. It can be a huge part of making boss fights really fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, it's hard to find that balance sometimes. Yeah, I think I think I think the 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 math does work against it. Um, the the uh, like you you can think about movies where you have like like because the math kind of works in a kind of logical way. But in in the in if you're watching a movie and there's like a horde of guys, then the hero is like parrying all of their blows and then also killing them <laughs> like once per turn kind of thing. If you see, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think definitely abstracting abstracting away like hordes of minions in some way. Yeah, and one thing that I like, I really did not enjoy my time with D and D Fourth Edition very much. But moving into Five E, one of the things that I wholeheartedly stole from Fourth Edition was the idea of uh, one hit point minions. So. Um, yeah. I wouldn't give them literally one hit point, but like many of the minions that I have in boss fights, like by the time that my players are fighting this boss, they're probably going to be advanced enough to kill a goblin in one hit anyway. So it's just like, okay, whatever. These these are 15 HP mooks that have, you know, or 5 HP yeah. mooks that have, you know, 15 AC and, uh, you know, one hit is probably going to kill them. And if that hit is so shitty that it doesn't kill them, like... You need to rethink your life. <laughs> we've had we've had a lot we've had a lot of problems with goblins over the recent history, so we have to be very careful calling them mooks now. Having some goblin problems. Goblin problems everywhere. We've got some vicious love for goblins. I would say I'm um, strong support for goblins. <laughs> My favorite. I mentioned it. I mentioned it a little bit on uh, on the Twitter. Um, but my favorite thing is that, um, so Owen is new on the show, was only there, uh, last week for the first time, um, is also an English chap like Alfred. And so we just had a lot of angry or supportive messages to Alfred being like, I understand the goblins thing entirely. He's just like, I have no strong feelings on this. <laughs> Which was I said excellent. nothing about goblins. Leave me alone. Well, the you, the other you voice did. So <laughs> you're yeah. English. So that's all your opinions now. You're all the same person, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I'm essentially it's essentially like three people in all of England, as mm. far as I can tell. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need. Oh, apparently from chat from Sarah and chat, we need Alfred. What What are your opinions on goblins? I can't believe we've opened up this fucking Wait, door what? again. But Alfred, what are your tell us? about your <laughs> goblin opinions huh they're all, they're, they're okay <laughs> i do love i do love uh, i wish i do really want to play in a goblin campaign though because like yeah. like mm. there's the there's like a one shot on there's a crit um whatever that show, show is called <laughs> I don't know, like a crit uh, jack because i don't think we do have uh, critical, critical role. role there we go the other crit oh yeah, yeah. oh they do don't they i was gonna they bring that a, up yeah. but i super didn't and it was a super good super super good one shot <laughs> yeah Goblins are intensely, like, fun to fuck around with. Or to fuck if you are English and named Alfred or Owen. This is both of you now. Enjoy that. Okay. 
Hello again, nerds. It's time for the middle of the podcast break chat with your friend Ismay. Uh, first off, plugs. Uh, if you listen to the end, then they'll tell you a bit more about it. But uh, as always, Alfred is on uh, with his plug of Penny Blue on Twitch. You should go and watch him play games. He is playing a little bit of WoW right now. Um, which I don't think I'll be able to watch because I will then subsequently get into WoW and then my entire life will be over and you'll never see me ever again. So I guess, I guess I'm going to be abstaining from that channel for a while, but go over to Penny Blue on Twitch and follow him. Uh, he's on the path to affiliate right now. So if you do that, then it will help him out and it would be good for you because then you get to see Alfred and all of his delightful delightfulness. Also, we've got Kai on. Kai does his podcast, Brothers in Time, uh, which you can find on any podcast platform, uh, which is him and his brother talking about Doctor Who. He'll tell you more about it at the end, so stick around for that. But if you like Doctor Who or like brothers, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe your thing is just you need to have podcasts with nothing but brothers on it, in which case you wouldn't be listening to this. So never mind, I guess. As always for me, you can find me on a Teacup Gamer on Twitch. You see me playing games with Alfred every so often, or right now playing Katwa Suja, which is a dating sim. I'm back on the dating sims, my dudes. I'm back, I'm back dating them cuties. As for Crit Chat, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Crit Chat, all one word, and see us post about D&D stuff and, and stuff with 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 the fantasy creatures and when the episodes are gonna go live and just generally talking. You know, it's fun. Go Go there, find some other nerdy, weird creepy friends. We're all creepy on the insides, huh? Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat, um, where we do polls and we do talking and we do shout outs. If you give us like a mention on the Twitter or you like to use the hashtag crit chat and you can get a mention on this little bit like these people did. For Matt Robbie A. McLeod, who's been on the show before, we've got some recommendations for, like, some cool books and stuff, because last week we were talking a lot about, like, old mythology and how that plays into uh, different creatures that you put in your world. And so we've been recommended The Dictionary of Scottish Phrase and Fable, which is a lot more interesting than it sounds, like what I'm saying. Like, that just sounds like you're reading a dictionary, which is probably not your idea of a good time, but it gives you a lot of, like, cool folklore stuff, and that'd be awesome. Um, also, uh, Gantz's Early Irish Myths and Sagas, which is especially good for Fae stuff, apparently, so thank you so much, Rabbi, for all them recommendations for people who want to get just full-on into that nerd shit. Oh, apparently the second one is very good for, like, if you're a Dragon Age fan, like myself and many others, um, and want to know a lot about, uh, Flemeth's kind of backstory and history, uh, that a lot of it is derived from Scottish culture, so you welcome the world. Also, thank you to at Mets Girl for shouting out our podcast on a little thread about who does some D&D stuff. It's really cool. And we're, we're among some, like, really, really good, awesome names, which, you know, gives me the happies in my heart and my soul. Like, when someone puts us next to Bombarded and also uh, Almost Heroic, I just get, like, a little bit of the vapors. Like, oh, Chad, like, we, like we're, we're at least close to relevance, which <laughs> is just beautiful. Also, thank you to add that one guy, JM, for, oh my god, they, they posted a tweet to us from um, the D&D Beyond, uh, posted a tweet about what playable races you would like to see in future 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, and was like, hey, Crit Chat, this is, this is your entire thing. And then, at Real Adam Terry, just made my entire brain die with so many different images. I'm not going to give those away. You're going to have to go and, like, 
fine. I'm gonna just revel in the fact that those are some things that came from his brain space that make me want to die. But do not worry. We've suggested um, satyrs like 500 times now. We have banded together as a people and suggested goddamn satyrs 100 times. If for no other reason than just to make sure that a bunch of people start doing Danny DeVito accents, accents, Danny DeVito's voice while uh, playing Dozen Dragons, which would be possibly the most excellent campaign ever. Other than that, you can also find us on our Discord. Uh, That will be in the description of wherever you're listening to this, too. Uh, You can also find us on SoundCloud if you search Crit Chat. Give us a like, a follow, a comment, a share. This is a word-of-mouth podcast. No one is going to know who the fuck we are if you don't tell them because we don't advertise anywhere because we don't got the money for that. Maybe one day, but until that day, uh, you have to tell people about us, which would be awesome. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes if you search Crit Chat under podcast and leave us a five-star review for this five-star... <laughs> you know what the normal spiel is. Whatever. Look, just comment on us and tell people how cool we are. <laughs> uh, also, we've got our uh, Patreon now, uh, which you can go to. It is just patreon.com forward slash crit chat all one word and you can donate a little bit of money to help us out on the show it costs money to put this up on multiple platforms it would be cool to like get one of those systems that lets us know analytics and crap like that and every little helps you get some cool things if you do donate um you get to know you get our like little extras um which you know if we don't get around to a bunch of advice in the podcast, we go back and we give you all that good shit that we should have said in the episode, but in the um, in the Patreon page. Um, also, at different tiers, you get different rewards. Like you've got your pregnant centaur tier, where you get shouts out if you shout out if you uh, subscribe at that level. Um, and yeah, you get like a lot of cool things on the Discord. Like people know that you're cooler than them and better than them in every single way. Um, you also get early access to our upcoming Curse of Strahd campaign, um, and also um, some behind-the-scenes extras, like we are just about to record our Session Zero. No one is going to be able to hear that Session Zero unless you were on the Patreon, um, which will be super cool. You'll also get early access to it, and yeah, it's going to come out like maybe a week or two earlier for people that are on the Patreon. So you get to enjoy it before your friends, which makes you cooler and better than them. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, uh, I'll let you get back to the episode. You can watch us live on Tuesdays at 5pm BST, where you can listen to my family walking around very loudly outside my room. <laughs> I'll see you then on a Teak of Gamer on Twitch, or I'll see you next week on Saturday if you just listen to the episodes as they come out. And have fun, guys. <laughs> uh, Kai, you also were mentioning... Um, I-, I just wrote... I've probably written this down like, in the most simplistic way possible because I was doing it fast because I'm not a prepared bitch at all in this world. Um, I just wrote down bosses as puzzles, which uh, you were talking about, which vastly interests me. Okay, I guess I got a tad abstract. Um, I just talk about non-traditional ways to defeat bosses. Because normally when you um, attack a monster, you just have to get the hit points to zero. But I haven't had a chance to do this Mm -hmm. yet, but I've been wanting to. Um, This sort of told me the idea of... um, having a boss which is invulnerable to all damage, unless under very specific mm-hmm. circumstances. You might have to get the boss, like, uh, in the light, or in the water, or um, okay. or you might have to find something and destroy it before it can take damage. Maybe it's only... Uh, maybe maybe you can only hurt it with one damage type, like maybe Radiant or Fire. I was thinking, yeah. uh, just in preparing for the podcast, I was just thinking of um, uh, maybe, like... Uh, like in some ancient tomb somewhere, there's a there's a mummy that has 
has has a long uh, enchantment on it that um, makes it invulnerable to all damage unless you can destroy its uh, uh, its the what are the jars with its organs in it called? Copanopic. Oh shit! The canopic. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, or or maybe um, it only work. It's only invulnerable while it's in the tomb. So if you can lure it out of the tomb, then you can kill it. Something oh, along okay. those lines. So like a very, very, very extreme version of like the kind of weak points thing we were talking about earlier, or even just the, um, like the general D&D rules of like immunities and, um, Mm. shit like that of, yeah, there, there's only some situations in which a thing can be hurt. That's cool. Pretty much. I'm very much in favor of this <laughs> as well. Yeah, I, I I do like the idea. It, it's kind of like you know, if you imagine a if you imagine a dragon the size of a I don't know something big, um, a dragon <laughs> the size of a town, then like its scales are gonna be like thicker than thicker than like ten foot. They, like they're gonna be. There's no way you could hit it with an axe, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that's a thick dragon. Yeah, I know. Thick. Thick. How thick is this town? Thick. <laughs> also as long as a log thing no that makes a lot of sense like I, it, it, it's de- i also like it as a thing that's like a boss battle thing because yeah like, like in like in video games and shit boss battles are usually something that makes you have to think a little bit differently than just like you know when you're running around and just like cutting people down left and right like anyone can do just like a normal fight you know what a normal fight entails but normally just because, well, one, boss battles are usually a lot longer than random combat encounters. Like, you have to do something to make it a little bit more interesting. Which, yeah, I, I like the idea that boss battle combat doesn't work the same as regular battle combat, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I really like, um, also on the topic of extremely large dragons, uh, and on the topic of stealing from WoW, uh, World of Warcraft has a really cool, there's a really cool battle. So you're running around with your raid group, which is like 40 people, I think. Um, and basically you all parachute down onto the back of this gigantic dragon called Deathwing, and it's called the Spine of Deathwing. And um, and then you have this whole like thing where you're just basically moving towards Deathwing's head along his back, and he's continuously trying to roll you all off. So you have to move to different air, like left or right, to like stay on him and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to yeah, like fight. Yeah, there's all sorts of like crazy lava stuff going on on his back because yeah, he's a crazy all fire right. dragon. Yeah, it's nice. and also uh, another another really good. Uh, like giant monster battle is um Gears of War 2 has like a city eating worm and mm. the boss fight for that i think takes place inside the worm you and it's like basically yeah. a whole level nice. <laughs> that, yes i haven't thought about that in forever that's a i need to draw inspiration from that yeah. that's awesome i think there was like a um some module at some point which has a dungeon inside of like a giant creature like a living dungeon mm. i never Ooh, played I think it, zelda I yeah I, I think it's called the Belly of the Beast, and uh, I, yeah, I, I I picked it up, and I really want to run it. <laughs> I think it has writing credits to um, uh, Mike Mills. I think, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. Yeah, we'll fact check later. I'll like I'll like dub it in with my voice if you're wrong. Whatever. <laughs> Editing. I see. This is this is going back to what I was saying at the beginning, where I have like no cultural touchstones because every time people talk about WoW, I'm like, yes, that game we have all played. <laughs> that thing. Sorry, I know for a fact I can't start playing WoW because I will never stop playing WoW. I know my personality. I know who I am. <laughs> I know that that will be 
Like, you will find my fucking skeleton with a bag of Cheetos. We don't even get Cheetos <laughs> over here. Somehow, <laughs> I'll have a fucking bag of you'll, you'll Cheetos and Mountain Dew. Just like I can send you some Cheetos. Oh, thank you, Steve. Please don't. I will die. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll keep them for myself. It will. It will mm. come as a sign to me. I get a bag of Cheetos. And I'm like instantly. Well, maybe I should just be playing WoW forever. <laughs> I need to have real. Job. I think it's also like worth mentioning that most people that are in a WoW still like it's. There's a lot of nostalgia that informs that. Like it would be very different to jump in now than it would be to jump mm. in in 2004. Yeah, I, I imagine oh, it would be fair. really... I feel like you wouldn't get the... Yeah, I don't know. It would be... Yeah, it would be weird Like the whole vibe now. maybe would I, be would be different. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. I saw someone trying to explain, like, the timeline and the history one time. Oh, and don't even. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, I think that my brain, uh, like, just crawled out of my head into a hole to die because <laughs> i was not happy about that but like it seems like a cool fun game no, like anyway <laughs> that game has some thick some thick lore though thick. like if you're trying it's to crazy. If you're trying to digest that it's it's there's like too much too much stuff they they also yeah. have a really lame like attitude towards the like uh whenever an expansion comes out there's like two or three books that you have to read if you want to actually know oh, what's going thank on you. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I play yeah. games so I don't have to read. Don't <laughs> fucking bring this out in me. Don't do that. Yeah. But yeah, but th- this is kind of why I like stealing from WoW for D&D because <laughs> I want to get that like really love, great, like mm. crunchy gameplay party, like group-based encounters from the like instances and raids from WoW without having to actually play WoW. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, any DM out there should just steal shit from things that they like for good boss battles. Oh, That's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah. We've, we've Another one it. that I've really, I'm really in love with at the moment is uh, Destiny as well. Destiny has some really cool... It, it's Destiny a nice iteration either. of the WoW formula, I guess. Yeah. That like WoW Diablo kind of formula, yeah. Hmm. I'm so mad. I have a fucking channel in which I play games, and I'm like, what? Mention games that I play, and I know you <laughs> <rap> fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned one game that I play this entire time, and I was the one that brought it up. So nice, like, well. there with you. <laughs> like, I feel like it's got a different intonation for me because I've got the whole fake gamer girl on my side, oh, which yeah. is great, and I love it. <laughs> uh, what was it? There was, there was another thing that I was wanting to bring up, or I was that someone else wanted to bring up that I want them to bring up. Oh yeah, Stephen, the thing that I always um, mm. forget how to do real good. Um, is um you 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 mentioned want to talk about um keeping bosses at like a consistent like threat level? Um, yeah. Yes. Um, like making it interesting. So yeah. So yeah, that that that's something that I struggled with before. Is like if I'm trying to set up a boss and I want my players to fight him multiple times across the beginning, middle, and end of a campaign, or or across like say a whole story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, if my players encounter him when they're level one. I want them to be able to have enough of a fun, like enough fun with that fight without just getting clobbered. So maybe the boss will only be like level four or level five at the time. Mm-hmm. And then when they are playing, you know, when they're, they, you know, they keep playing and they level up and let's say they come at him again when they're level five, well, then he's going to be level nine. You know, yeah. like I, I feel like you ha- if you're going to have a persistent boss character, and, and, you know, maybe that's not the best example of, of how to do it. But if you have a persistent boss character, you should have um, it, it depends on whether you want him to be uh, this insane. I say him whether you want the boss to be some insane monolith that, 
you know, the players get their asses kicked by him when they meet him first, Mm -hmm. or if you want him to be something that grows with the players. I mean, many great, um, you know, bosses in, you know, fantasy or, uh, you know, whatever, um, have a tendency to accrue more power. Um, But in a game like D&D, where the heroes are also accruing more power you have to have the boss also get more power in order to uh to really keep it even because otherwise i mean if it's like one guy or one guy and some minions i mean i don't know about you guys but i tend to make most of my encounters as deadly as possible and my players somehow still wipe the floor with my monsters like like, i'm always like this is gonna absolutely destroy my (laughs) players and then they pull out this insane like super technical strategy that just absolutely annihilates my guys. So it's like, okay, um, so this boss that was going to have 150 HP, he actually has 350 <laughs> yeah, HP. Uh, yeah. You know, all those 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 behind-the-screen cheats oh, that you do to, you know. Yeah. Oh, you can't kill my boss in one turn, you know? Come yeah. on. You're like, I, I need this. Let me have it. Mm. Give me this. Come on. Uh, just, I was also thinking just like, um, what, if, uh, what if you have a boss that is just not super powerful, like... Uh, Maybe they're mm. just like a regular person. Like they're just like they you. Yeah. You take the commonest yeah. statistics, uh, and just say that <laughs> yeah. they they just have a lot of money and power. Maybe they run the thieves guild in town, and they're not oh, the actual ad- cool. adversary. It's all of their people who people who work for them, and they just mm-hmm. are really smart and crafty. <laughs> and the actual tricky part is not fighting the boss, but getting to the boss, and then you just stab them once with yeah, a dagger, and, d- and you're done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it's like a low level character being played by a really talented D and D player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. <laughs> That's excellent. That's an excellent thing. I I can't think of um. There was a a post that I saw a while ago that was um. It was like, oh, imagine if uh you were pl-, they were talking about video games. Where it was like, oh, imagine if you were playing a game and the end boss ends up being the merchant that you've been selling all your shit to along the way. So like. So, like, for every, like, necromancer scroll that you gave to them, like, they've got that now. They can just use that whenever they fucking want. Someone did bring up a good point of, like, oh, I know, I'm fucking terrified of this bloke with a thousand fucking sweet rolls. But, um, as a concept, very good. As, like, yeah, a character that's not super, like, buff or, like, super magical, but they've got a lot of fucking items because they're rich as hell. Mm. I like that a lot. I only allow my D&D characters to be buff as hell. <laughs> this is a buff only campaign. <laughs> they all have to be buff. If we're not turned on the entire time, why are we even playing D&D? Whatever. <laughs> you know, whatever whatever floats your boat. <laughs> oh, I also, yeah, um, Sarah and chat was bringing up um, for the the boss that keeps coming back, um, that the they're all they're obviously going to know the tricks that the the characters have up their sleeves already Mm. um which gives them a nice little advantage like knowing that oh well this character has a lot of high-powered spells they'll come back next time and be like well now i've got a bunch of fucking counter spells for you i guess because that's what (laughs) i needed and like i I enjoy that kind of like obviously they grew because they know that they have to beat you you know you have to beat them we're like they are sentient beings in this world and will do what they want to win yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a super important point to remember is that, like, your bad guys want to win just as much as your good guys do. So, like, yeah. I had a, I think it was, like, a Hobgoblin Shaman use Counterspell on my party's wizard, and everyone was like, oh, shit. Because they didn't think that they could do stuff like that, you know? You just, <laughs> it never occurred to them. Yeah. I also, like, it. it's kind of, like, 
again works with the recurring characters of as well as they want to win as much as the characters do they want to live as much as the characters do so like yes. there's times they're just gonna run the fuck away like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter that it's a boss battle like if they think that they're gonna die they're not gonna want to goddamn die absolutely make sure your boss has a solid exit plan because players do not want them getting mm-hmm. away if you try to like plane shift right. out, they'll counter spell it. If you try to, they try to run away. Like the monk with like ninety foot movement speed will chase them down. Like <laughs> you've yeah. got to have some special way to get out. <laughs> I recommend uh, fog cloud so that it breaks line of sight, and then Ooh. plane shift away because you. I'm um, pretty mm. sure you can only counter Damn. spell spells you can see. I'm pretty sure. I think maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, that feels. Yeah, that feels right. Right. Yeah. Because then, but it, yeah, like it, they can still like you know gust of wind the fog away and then counter spell but like darkness. if they Do manage darkness. that then it's like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> uh, uh, I, this again has nothing to do with anything apart from like it's about characters running away i i, I just had a nice time in my last D session because of my um my character's like a, a ranger and it's just fun because like nearly every like every other session there's a guy that tries to run away and uh my character's very very good at picking them off as they run and Mm. i got a very good run rabbit run moment it was very very game of thrones um Mm. spoilers i guess sadistic but it well look yes thank you for pointing it out i am a monster But yeah, um, so we should probably, like, I feel like this is, we've, we've not had one of these for a while where we've actually had an episode where we talk about good, like, advice long enough for us to actually warrant a ending, make a, like, kind of wrap up, give your best piece of advice. So we should probably do that, huh? Now that we're actually doing advice this podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as per usual, we're going to roll our D4. Where whoever comes up is going to have to give their, like, final, like, piece of advice, and then we'll we'll start wrapping up the show. First up, if it's me, I'm going to absolutely throw this D4 in the trash. Oh, you're not in the trash today. Kai, you're first. All right. Uh, I also realized I forgot to mention um, uh, layer actions uh, in terms of, like, things you can give oh, bosses. Yeah. Uh, technically it's not the boss making the action it's the lair they're in which is really weird when you think about it that like this room is a monster too that can attack people and doesn't like the party I guess it's yeah but uh, no it's just it's People, One extra people sort of... can raise other people from the dead. Like, we're, like, there's more important problems with D&D than, like, the room is weird at you. Whatever. That's just the simple transference of souls and recreation of bodies. That's fine. Why are rooms alive? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it's an animated room. Otherwise, it would say it's an animated room. That's, that's I, I, I get that. Why is the room, like, sentient and able to do magic? Weird. I don't know. I, I don't mean, do you not have like a tripwire system in your bedroom so that if people walk in, then they're going to get their head sliced off? If not, why not? Why do you not want your, you to be safe? I just normally shout at people who come to my room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Next up. Flap. Uh, Alfred, that's you up. Uh, I had one. Wait, one second. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I believe. Oh yeah, so yeah, I, I I like using the um when when we were talking about layer actions, just having interesting environmental uh, mechanics that have kind of been built up through the through a dungeon type area as well. Like I tend to have my bosses in locations where the players aren't going to get to them without going through like you know the rest of their lair or whatever. 
Um, <laughs> so you can play around with like, I really like the, uh, like some, some location, like geographical things that I steal from destiny are like swinging pendulums, like giant pendulums <laughs> that the players like jump onto and like the, 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 the battle kind of shifts around. Um, cause you can build that up early on. Like you're just, you just have to jump from pendulum to pendulum. And then in the boss fight, it's like, there's more stuff going on. Like there's monsters on the pendulums or whatever, you know, stuff like this. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I think building, building your kind of quote gimmick mechanics, um, up through the dungeon and then having them in the boss battle in an interesting way, uh, makes things really satisfying. Yeah. Uh, last up is if it's between me and Steven. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's me. Uh, so Steven, you get to close us off. Um, I, I don't know. I think that my, my favorite thing that we've been talking about this entire time has been making the boss battles a little bit more like in video games. Um, just cause yeah, it, it's more fun for everyone just cause it's not your run of the mill fight. Like, yeah, you'll fight everyone along the way. If you've got the murder hobo players, you're gonna fight every single thing along the way. Combat gets a little stale, and so having something that's kind of different, like Zelda bosses, like, yeah, that, the whole thing when you, they have different stages, and they do different attacks in those different stages. Or the whole thing where you there's weak points, and you have to exploit those weak points, or you've got... Uh, they're invulnerable to everything until a point when they're vulnerable to everything and you have to figure it out. Like I, I've really liked that whole idea. It's not something that I've thought of before, which is why I'm stealing it for the end part. So it seems like I did think of it and I'm the smart <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, I think, Always yeah, just, you're so smart. I, I thank you. I know I'm great. <laughs> I wish I could be as smart as you. <laughs> Like, I did make this podcast so that I get, like, talented people around me to make it seem like I know what I'm talking about in D&D. That would be weird. <laughs> um, just, just read the Dungeon Master's Guide. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't... I want to... Still waiting for that audiobook. Yeah, oh, God. I'll do the stupid audiobook. No, I'll get sued as hell by Wizards of the Coast, huh? I'll get the most sued anyone's ever been, huh? Oh, well. I'll I'll reach out to them. I'll see if they want my angelic voice reading their good words. <laughs> uh, but yeah, essentially the advice is just make make the end bosses different than every other combat in whatever way you can. Just because it makes it more interesting, it makes it more memorable and cooler. Uh, I don't get to roll a dice for this last one. No, yeah, I do. Womp, I'm womp. I. I run this show. I can do whatever I want. Oh my goodness, it's Steven. Wow, would you look at that? <laughs> okay, so um, my parting advice would essentially be um, make your players remember the fight. Make it as dynamic and interesting as possible. Don't be afraid to have combat and skill encounters and uh, dialogue stuff happening all at the same time. And if you're a DM like me, um, where a lot of the pleasure of D&D is kind of the sort of acting element of it or sort of the voice acting element of it, give your yeah. bad guys, give your villains a unique voice that your players will remember them by. So, you know, if you have this, you know, sneering nobleman who has spells, you know, sort of make him talk like some sort of vile nobleman, you know, make sure that your players remember his voice because that is the thing that, pe that people will come back to that, that oh yeah, this is that, that asshole who sounds like a... You know, an 1800s, you know, 
I, I don't know where I'm going. Some Dickensian shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not British. I don't know how that stuff works. But you know, know you you you, you, you um, But uh, you know, you give your give your villain uh, a lot of memorable qualities. Give them a memorable voice if you're into that. Um, give them as many traits as you can that make them stand out because really, really good boss fights can make or break a campaign. And mm-hmm. if you have really good ones, then your players will love you forever. And it's okay if your players die in boss fights also. <laughs> that is one thing, like, you know, it's kind of hard to kill your players in 5th edition. And if they die during a boss fight, that is the best time possible. Yeah. <laughs> and if you have the uh, voice down, you can break it out whenever people are annoying you in the real world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I do all kinds of voices. That works so... Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Alfred, because it makes me feel that, like, yeah, I, I didn't know that other people did that, but that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> You're making people suffer in your day-to-day life as well as in D&D. Dreams do come true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, that's 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 going to be us for this week. Uh, we'll go over some plugs. Alfred, like, Alfred, what's your plugs? Mm. Uh, yeah, so twitch.tv slash pennyblue. This uh, has come at a very good time because I've just started <gasps> streaming World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh boy. Tie How in. convenient. Ding. Amazing. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, And also just like a random shout because I didn't squeeze it in. If you want to kind of get a feel for the WoW and Destiny MMO stuff, you can actually watch, there's like um, a, a VOD of um, the McElroys playing Destiny 2's like raid and stuff with other people from Polygon. Yeah. Uh, and watching that, I was just like, that. it totally sold me on the game. I was like, yes, this is exactly the experience. Because they're, they're like trying to figure out this tough raid encounter. Um, and it's just, it's it's exactly what I want oh, <laughs> from boss battles. Excellent. I like I like that yours came with another, like, uh, something that was relevant to the podcast as a whole. That was excellent. Um, Kai, what do you got for us for plugs? Well, for something completely different and completely irrelevant, uh, if anybody likes Doctor Who, the TV show, I'd run a, I do a Doctor Who fan cast called Brother in Time with my little brother. We, um, as much as I say it's a Doctor Who fan cast, we don't talk about Doctor Who as much as we should. It's mostly about either Power Rangers or Godzilla or whatever comes up. But yeah, it's still a, it's still a, it should be a great listen. Uh, give it a, give it a look. You can find it on iTunes or your local podcatcher. So yeah question for those of us um who have not been watching for a long long time will it contain spoilers for the most recent seasons because we are idiots and we have not caught up we um we basically pick a random episode that we want to do uh to talk about okay uh none of them have been recent episodes i think i I, look i don't actually remember anything that i ever said in this podcast so i'm the worst person to ask (laughs) Uh, i listen to it and forget everything i've said i edit it and then forget everything i've said um oh my god this is relatable (laughs) (laughs) but uh excellent we haven't done any episodes on the new series on the latest seasons yet okay i think okay maybe one I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, for me, you can always find me on uh, Twitter, or Twitch, well, Twitch and also Twitter, and everywhere, Instagram, all those things. You can find me everywhere as a teacup gamer, um, where I do games and I talk about shit and you learn too much about me. Um, that's it. That's all I got. You just get to learn more about me, and isn't that a delight? Um, 
As for Crit Chat, you can always find us on Twitter at crit underscore chat and talk to us there and you can tag us or you can use the hashtag crit chat and we can talk about a bunch of things and put a bunch of polls and receive a lot of very mean pictures of Danny DeVito and of sexy goblins. It's a Twitter is buck wild. Our Twitter is a buck wild experience. Um, also, buck wild is our Facebook, which you can find at facebook.com forward slash crit chat. That one is all one word. Um, where you can see the weird shit we post, as well as getting updates for all the episodes and all that good stuff. And you can find a lot of like minded people who have weird, weird monster fetishes. I, I don't know who else we attract with this podcast, honestly. Um, wherever you're listening, uh, if you go into the description, you can find our Discord channel to join our discussions, as well as a link to our SoundCloud where you can listen to and download the previous episodes and give us a like and a follow and all that crap. Um, you can also find us on iTunes by searching Crit Chat and Podcast and leave us a five-star review for this five-star show. And yeah, we're, we're found on like everywhere that podcasts are found. Uh, and also, if you want to see us live, you can see us on A Teacup Gamer on Twitch uh, every Tuesday at 5pm BST. But until then, I've been Ismay. I've been Alfred. I've been Kai. Stephen, please. Oh yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been Stephen. I, I didn't, I didn't hear. I, I, I lost the connection. Oh so. no. Yeah, I've been Stephen. I'm Stephen. We'll get a one though. But we'll see y'all <laughs> next week. Bye, guys. Join us live on Twitch, Tuesdays at 5pm on A Teacup Gamer.